All right, Heather. I didn't forget. Heather, uh, you get to choose your letter for tonight. Uh, A, B, C, or D. Assuming you remember, I'm not going to remind anybody. We're just going to we're just going to shoot anything now. So. I really like your fun fact ones, so I'm going to go with C. Okay, movie fun fact shit. Did I learn anything about movies this week that would be worth talking about? Um, oh fuck, I don't know if I have anything for C. I'm just going to kind of talk a little bit and see if the wheels will spin. See if I've got any interesting movie facts I learned. I learned something um, related to this movie we're going to do. Oh, what's that? I mean, not super crazy, but um, Mia Goth or Goth, however you say her name. Um, Shia LaBeouf's ex-wife? Didn't know that. I didn't know they were. I didn't know she was the ex-wife. I knew they were exes, though. Mm hmm. They did that. And now baby daddy situation, I think. I, I know but they yeah. did the movie Nymphomaniac together. Yeah. But I did not know. I didn't know they were married. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe a year or two. It was very short lived. But um, yeah, I I was like, why does her name sound familiar? And then I was like, oh, they were married. That's why. And now they're not married, but they're about to have a baby together, I guess. So. Is she one of the people that has accused him of, of, of sexual assault? I don't know. I didn't, I, I should have looked into that. I did not see that far um, into any articles or anything, but that in general bums me out that whole thing. Cause I really was like, Shia LaBeouf is starting to get it together. You know? I didn't know he had allegations. Dang. I know I just learned that too because I was like, man, I really like I really like Shia LaBeouf, so that makes me sad. Yeah, and they were of the violent persuasion too. Of like the uh, the beating of his partners and stuff like that too. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was right when he was trying to cut like you thought he actually got his shit together. Cause it was like he did that peanut butter falcon and that what was that honey whatever movie? What's it called? Honey Pot? No, not Honey Pot. Honey Boy. Honey Boy. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Honey Pot's yeah. Us. Honey Boy. Honey Boy. Honey Both Pot's of those us. Were great movies, man. Great movies. A yeah. Spy sex scheme. But yeah, he did both of those movies, and you're like, all right, maybe he's getting his shit together. And then you're like, oh, he likes to beat women and sexually assault them. Fantastic. Now, were these allegations that happened after those, or were they yes. like? earlier and they weren't reported till later oh no no. you know okay they came out after those movies but i don't exactly know the timeline of when they happened versus the movies okay Um, i mean not that it matters it shouldn't have happened either way but if it's like a he's still doing that cycle now or if it was like he had done it previously and he is trying to be better now, you know, I don't know. So, yeah. And one of the things that kind of, to me adds some relevance to it is he dis a fucking peered. Like, yeah. When, when some of these guys, when they just dis a fucking peer after this stuff, I'm just like, you're not even coming out saying it didn't happen. Nothing. You're just going, I'm, yeah. I'm just fucking ghosting life. Yeah. 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 You know, not that coming out and denying something means you're innocent or whatever, but it's just like, it just seems like 
they they just go, yep, I'm guilty. I'm just going to go the fuck away now. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's not a good look. I mean, obviously, well, none of it is, but yeah, it kind of feels like running, sort of. Yeah, or I mean, some of them, it could be that they're actually using their brains for fucking once and they're going, yeah, my time's over. I'm just going to disappear because there's no point. I'm guilty. This is my penance. And they just fuck right off. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the only other news I kind of found out about is like some of the stuff with James Franco. Like I found out more of that stuff this week, but I, like, it's just, you know, supposedly he's going to testify in the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp domestic abuse uh, trial. I think it's because he's fit, friends with Amber Heard. Uh, I didn't know that. Her and Elon Musk are both having to testify in that. And then but that's really all I've kind of heard with some of that stuff. I mean. Oh, I, I guess one interesting thing to talk about weekend that's kind of some uh, movie news slash trivia. Uh, Amazon bought MGM. So really Amazon fucking hmm. owns James Bond now, or at least the distribution hmm. rights to James Bond. For like seven point two five billion or no seven point five billion. They're buying MGM. So. And like, that's how crazy some stuff is nowadays. If you really look at it, what Disney paid for both Marvel and Star Wars totals about 7 billion. And Sony just had, or Amazon just had to spend 7.5 to get MGM. That's insanity. That's crazy. Like, because when you look at it, when they bought Marvel, they bought, what, two movies? Like, it was Iron Man and Incredible Hulk were really the only two Marvel Studio movies at the time. But they were yeah. buying the fucking characters in the comic backlog. And then now they're just printing money with that shit. You just say, hey, MCU movie, here's $750 million minimum. Just printing money. And then Star Wars. Like, now granted, when you when they bought Star Wars, it was six movies and a couple of TV shows, but the toys, the fucking everything was Star Wars. They bought it for five. And once again, still just printing money. Even when people want to shit on these fucking new movies, whatever. Disney gives zero fucks. Why? Because they're printing money. They give zero shits about any of it. They go, oh, you want to hate on these new movies? We don't give a fuck. Here's a baby Yoda. That's just a trillion dollars in fucking merchandising alone by throwing a baby Yoda out there. Like, what the fuck, Disney? That's the most unfair thing in the world that you could do. The fact that they have the ability to make a baby Yoda should be against the law. (laughs) Because that's unfair to everybody. No one has anything as adorable as a fucking baby Yoda. (laughs) I don't even watch. And that's the thing about it, too. I have seen zero episodes of The Mandalorian. I know a baby Yoda, though. (laughs) Yeah, same. And 
I know his name's Grogu. I know it. Who gives a fuck? It's a baby Yoda. This is true. This is true. They know what they're doing, man. But like you said, just to put that price in perspective and how much MGM costs, that's crazy. That's crazy. And like, how long is so it going to take Amazon to make $7.5 billion off of MGM shit? I know they'll make $7.5 billion tomorrow, but I'm just talking about off MGM shit. How long is it going to take them to make $7.5 billion? Because a lot of those properties, they're going to have to put money into it to make a new movie. Whereas, like with Disney, they made damn near $3 billion off of one Avengers movie. They paid for Marvel with one Avengers movie. One of them. Let alone the other billions of dollars they have. The highest grossing yeah. U.S. domestic box office still goes to Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Which would made them damn near a fifth of their Star Wars purchase in one movie. That's just in the U.S. alone, not even including any of the other countries. Damn. And then they made a baby Yoda. God, that's fucking unfair. More stuff is coming. Wait till this Obi-Wan here. They got an Obi-Wan. They got a... You know how many people are excited about that Obi-Wan, dude? Like, man, like, I'm not even a Star Wars fan like that. But, dude, all the fanboys were just raging when they saw that Obi-Wan preview. Just some of them sharing and going, I'm in tears and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, judging for Disney. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, to me, it kind of sucks because, you know, Obi-Wan's going to be fine in the end because, you know, he's got to appear in that A New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they kill him and then just they they bring him back as a clone and that's the one that dies in the other one. You're like, ha ha, tricked everybody. Fucked everybody up. That'd be crazy. Even though the entire series is already filmed, I take credit for that idea if they do it. Even though they've already done it, if they did it, I'd still take credit. <laughs> Is that enough movie facts for you, Heather, or do you want more? <laughs> that was a that was a decent amount. I'm happy with that. Okay, good, because I had fucking nothing. I was hoping to God you said you were good. <laughs> <laughs> Because the the funny thing is, the only other little movie trivia fact I have right at this moment ties into this movie, and I can't say it without spoiling anything. So, Mm. so that actually will go later in the podcast. All right, here's the here's the theme song. Cinema Slayers. 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 Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we will be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything between with the movie X. It's a very anticlimactic title. 
when you're doing an intro. You're doing all this lead work and then you're like the movie X. Fuck. Uh, it is an A24 movie. Take that for whatever you want to. I'm just adding more to the title. So the A24 movie X. That's now the title. So I don't sound all weird with it. Um, like I said, we will talk about what we liked and like and everything in between. We will go spoiler free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require. With all that being said, uh, Justin, what are your spoiler free thoughts about A24 presents the movie X? X going to give it to you. He going to give it to you. It's not that X, is it? See, now I kind of wish you'd chosen a movie song, Heather. Me too, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I could have sang that. There you go. But then I would have been um, like, all right, Sterling. Or I would have been like, all right, Heather, sing me a song that makes you want to murder and fuck. I guess X is going to give it to you works both ways. I guess it works still. It's still going to work. It might be the only option there yeah, is. That yeah, that works. Yeah, that completely works. Um. But yeah, let's get into X. Let's get into the the. Uh, this is a slasher, right? I, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's a slasher. I think it's a slasher. Yeah, make like sense a, later in my review, but yes, it's a slaw film. A slaw film. Just exactly half of the word slasher. <laughs> slaw, slex. It's it's slashing and sex. It's a, a slex film. Ooh, I like uh, that. Uh, yeah, it's a slick film. Um, but yeah, like so. Anyway, X. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't hate this. Um, I, I don't know if I would say I would. I loved this, but um, I thought it was okay. I was honestly, I was fine with this. Um, you know, I'd heard a lot about it when it came out and saw that it was getting. Um, positive reviews and everything like that. And I think, I, I think I understand why the overall reception has been positive for it. It's kind of a, it's a throwback kind of movie. It kind of reminds me of like, like, like older slasher movies that used to come out like in the eighties and the nineties, kind of where you have this simple premise. Um, you, you've got these people going into this unexpected situation and they you know and then all of a sudden they are uh um victims of something more than what they realize due to where they are and the people that they meet and stuff like that you know that's uh, that's as simple as i can make it without spoiling anything um so it's very easy to follow and i think that the characters were fine for 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 what they were um you know th- there wasn't a performance honestly that i didn't like in this i thought that uh mia goth did a fine job as maxine you know she i mean being the yeah she's she's pretty much the the lead character in this um the 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 character is fine you understand what what the character's ambitions ambitions are um as raunchy or as I guess as crazy as they are, you understand them. I mean, there was nothing about it where I was like, I'm confused about why this character wants this or is doing this. I understood. You you know, you understand like every character 
it is, it, you know, simple is the word I just keep coming back to. You know, the the Wayne character in this, uh, Martin Henderson, who is like the the the, the boyfriend of Mia Goth and kind of the person who is um, who has aspirations for the porn industry. And he's gathered all these people together to try to make this porno and, um, you know, Maxine being one of them. And, and like, I mean, you just kind of understand um, what this is right away. And like, uh, I believe it takes place in what, 1974, right? Something like that. I want to say it's yeah, 70 something. Yeah. Like the seventies. So, you know, at that time there, you know, this, you know, this whole porn thing, oh, it's going to take over. You know, it's going to take the world by storm and everything like that. And, you know, if we can get a jump on this, we can make a lot of money. Um, okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, we all know what the porn industry is now. So, I mean, uh, you know, some people in the 70s trying to jump on that train doesn't, you know, d- doesn't strike me as anything that doesn't make sense or anything like that. So the premise is simple. You've got these people um, traveling together, trying to make this porno. They go to this, um, they rent out this house and there's this older couple. And then there's, uh, more to this older couple than meets the eye. I would just say that. And then a a bunch of chaos ensues as a result of things that are happening with making this porno movie. That is the most I can say. And I mean that that's as simple as this gets. And then the rest of it is just, you know, the, the director establishing mood, um, doing different things with the shots and the camera. Um, the movie is very much rated R. It, I think it definitely uh, earns the R rating that it is. You know, there's plenty of nudity. There's plenty of sex. There's plenty of, you know, but 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 all of it just seems, I guess it just kind of seems like it fits. I mean, these people are making a porno. It wasn't anything where I was like, well, why does this need to be here or anything like that? I just kind of, I guess I kind of was with it because of what the characters were and what they were trying to do. And then the contrast of the characters with our antagonist, you could say, and I won't dive too much into that until we get into the spoilers, but just the contrast of what they were and their ideologies. There's a scene where everybody, and this is not too spoilery, but everybody's just kind of, talking about how they feel about life and what they what they think life is and everything like that. And when you contrast that to kind of the antagonist in this, you can kind of understand where the opposition is. So even though this was a simple premise, I, I just think that most of the time it does the little things right, you know, like just w- what it needed to be with the character motivations, things like that. And then I think that the best thing about the movie is just that the setting and the tone that it sets. It was just very good with its camera work. I think that uh, some of the kills and the things like that in this movie are gruesome, but practical, I guess, for the most part. Like, there are things that happen, like, you know, I won't say who or what, but like, you know, somebody shooting a gun and the kickback actually knocking them back and you know, there, there are just things that happen in this where I think it's scary, not because, oh, no, w- we have a ghost or these people are coming after us. It's not scary in that way. It's just I think but I do think it was good about like just building tension. There are some scenes that I thought it did well at building tension. And I think just the practicality 
of some of the kills and what was happening or the situations that it put certain characters in. It was all right. You know, I was like, okay, all right, X, cool. And so by the time the movie ended, you know, I was not mad. I watched it. I was not upset about anything. I was like, you know what? That was a nice little kind of old school, but, you know, updated the formula a little bit and the characters in a few ways, a little slasher movie. So, you know, I I did not hate X at all. And that's about where I stood with it. Uh, What about you, Heather? Yeah, I would say I'm pretty similar with my thoughts on it. Like, it, I didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible or anything like that. But I don't think it's going to rank as, like, one of my favorite horror films. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a movie that it does. I will say it does have some really cool camera shots that it does with certain scenes, which I really liked. Um, I don't mind the acting. I don't think, I mean, especially for what this movie was about, I think every character they had really just played their part. Well, um, what's her name? Brittany snow. She was, she was perfect as like that, you know, that character that's just like, I want to be in porn films and I look amazing. And, you know, she was so good at being that character. Um, typically, uh, so Jenna Ortega, who plays the, the camera girl, right? She, um, she tends to be my favorite part of movies that I've seen her in. I think she's really good. Um, she was in the new scream movie. She was in that movie, the fallout that just came out. Um, she was in just a couple of other things I've seen and she's, I think she's a good actress and she does her characters really well. So I tend to, um, she tends to be my favorite part of movies she's in. And that's pretty true here too. I, I really just thought she was a good character. Um, she's the one character that wasn't as predictable to me as the others were going to be with some things. So I appreciated that. Um, and I think Mia Goth or Goth, I'm not sure how you say her last name, but I think she she was a good lead for this. I've honestly never seen her in anything else, but I think she was a good lead. You know, I think she for the character she was supposed to be, she really I mean, she looked the part, you know, she acted the part well. So I give her that. And, um, you know, I know we'll we'll sort of I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but she also plays the old woman in the movie. So, you know, she's good at playing both characters. Um, but it's, you know, and I do think that the the killing was super gruesome. Like, I think I, I get what you mean, Jason, about, you know, the the sex and the those things like that was obviously going to be part of this because of what the movie's about. Um, Obviously, it's a horror film and it was going to be violent, but I think they did it. They overdid it a lot with some of the gruesome things they did for the killings. But um, I think that's that was part of the maybe they were going for like a shock factor with some of what they were doing, Um, especially considering, you know, who who ends up being the killers. You know what I mean? Like they just really overdo it. Um, But when you see the motives of what they're doing, like they at least had a story for why these things were happening, if that makes sense. But um, I don't know. It's <laughs> this movie was one for me that was very cringy. <laughs> there were just some very cringy things in this movie that made me be like, mm, 
it's it's not like the it's kind of it gives me that disturbed feeling in my soul (laughs) with some of the actions of the characters and things that go on and it's it it just i liken it to sort of the um texas chainsaw massacre movie like the newer one like it was just very disturbing (laughs) in a lot of ways and i would kind of put this in that category as far as like you know the type of people and their just actions in this movie are just very like they make you shudder you know um but i mean and that's probably what the point of it was but um in either case it's it's a fine movie um i i think that it was it, it could have done a little bit more with its story like i feel like it had a good underlying story but they kind of made it as the most basic sort of version of that story they could have probably expanded on it a little bit more. Um, but it's it's a fine movie. I agree. It's an okay movie that is really well shot. I get that. This movie is okay. I'm not going to hate on it or for anything like that. I I don't understand why it's getting the reviews it's getting, really. Because to me, it's just, it's just okay. And when you get okay movies you would think there'd be at least some more negatives um, whenever people look at something like the Rotten Tomatoes and it's got like a 95% or whatever on there. Typically, okay movies tend to be a little bit more of a mixed bag because, you know, somebody's okay might be like, no, fuck this movie or whatever, you know? It's just, to me, my biggest problem with this movie, and it's why I made the joke of it's a slaw movie, is it's kind of... To me, I felt like they half-assed a lot of things when it comes to like the plot and stuff of this movie, or like even a lot of just the scenes in this movie. Visually speaking, it is a beautifully shot movie. It does a very good job of capturing the essence of like a 70s slasher film. It does a great job of doing that. But this movie to me kind of fucks up whenever it sits there. And during the movie, they mention the movie Psycho. And they talk about how, in essence, Psycho is two movies. The first movie is one movie, and then you get the death in the shower scene. And then the second half of the movie is a different movie. And it works in Psycho because it, it, it does that to set up the tone, the, you know, the mentality of some of these characters. It's weirdly, it, it does that to build up the character of Norman Bates. So when you get into the second half of the movie, you have more of a connection with Norman Bates at that point. This movie mentions that it brings it up. It's like, yeah, we're going to do a porn version of psycho. It's like, you know, you get one thing and you get another and blah, blah, blah. And they're doing that because they're setting up the thematically, the type of movie it is. Cause this isn't really a spoiler. I think it's very kind of obvious based on what everybody's talked about. The first half of this movie is about shorting, a, shooting a porn movie. And the second half of the movie is a slasher film. And they were like, yeah, see, we did the psycho. Don't bring up psycho if you're not going to try to get to the level of psycho. That's all I'm going to throw out as a word of advice. Don't sit there and go, yeah, we're going to we're going to say we're going to essentially mimic the greatest slasher movie of all time, at least in regards of influence, because psycho is your first slasher movie. The whole genre exists because of Psycho. Don't bring it up if you're going to kind of bring this movie, though. Because the movie, like I said, is kind of half-assed. 
I don't think it's an exceptionally gory movie. Maybe I'm a little too desensitized by some of the bullshit I've seen. I don't think it's really that gory. The one gory kill they have in this movie that I think is slight overkill is actually my favorite death in the movie. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But that's kind of it with it. Like, I I liked a lot at the beginning of the movie. I think the beginning of the movie does a very good job of, of building these characters and their motivations. And you get some trials and tribulations in there. I think it's, it's, it's a fascinating movie. That part of the movie is incredibly fascinating to me. I kind of wish we got a full movie of that. Fuck all the slashing shit. Give me that movie where you get like the existential realism of what it means to own your sexuality and all these different things. I, I, I was fascinated when they got to the killing shit. They fucking lost me in this movie though. I was bored out of my fucking mind with these deaths. I didn't think any of them were really that original. I don't think any of them were telegraphed appropriately. And and by that, I just mean they were too telegraphed. There's not a single death in this movie that I didn't feel that you didn't see coming from nine miles away. They all seemed too staged at that point. Every single death, once the murder started happening, I'm like, that person's about to die. They die. This yeah, person's you're right about, about to that. die. They die. I, they didn't even do it like a cheap fake out death. Like, that's horror movie 101. You gotta have a fake out. You gotta have a fake out death. Something where you think someone's gonna die because the music swells. You're like, oh shit, they're about to die. And then they don't. And then you're like, oh, I guess they're not gonna die. Then they die. And you're like, oh fuck, it surprised me. Something. No, every single person. It was just like you could count it down. You're like, all right, they're gonna die in 15 seconds. And then they died in 15 seconds. Like I said, I didn't think any of the deaths were really that good. And I really kind of feel like they phoned in the second half of the movie. Spoiler alert, I don't give a fuck. Just to show some old people fuck. And I'm not really down for that. I mean, let's be sex positive. Old people, fuck all you want. But that was just weird seeing old jiggly man ass just pumping away. A little weird. Bad heart and everything, man. He was getting it. Hey, he did. Hey, hey, you're right. He, he did it. He got it. But I'm just I I wasn't really there for all of it. You know, it just the second half of the movie was too telegraph. Like I said, felt kind of half-assed to me. And I and I think I know why, and we'll get to that later. But it has to do with the end credit sequence. So if you haven't seen this movie, stick around. There's an end credit scene. So see that. But I mean, I was, like I said, I was there for it in the first half. And then it just, it lost me in the second half. And it wasn't because it was too offensive or too violent or anything like that. I was bored with it. And maybe I've just seen too much shit. Maybe I've seen too many fucking people get uh, slaughtered. To enjoy something like this. That is kind of a more. And maybe it's because it is a little bit too traditional. With the 70s style horror. With its death scenes. I mean I've. 
I've seen people get ripped the fucking half in a movie. And then and viscera and intestines just flowing out of them. I ain't going to be, you know, cringed out by seeing somebody get shot in the face. Like, it's not going to phase me at this point. I've seen too much other shit. And that was my phone crashing to the ground, if you heard that. I don't know. But it's just, it lost me. And I, and I, because I feel like it didn't try as hard as it did in the first half. And also, I think part of this, the second half of the movie, inten- I don't know if it's intentional or not, but kind of dr- directly contradicts parts of the first movie or first half of the movie that I enjoyed. And maybe that's with what they were going for with the homage stuff to the 70s horror film, but I don't know if I'm necessarily on board with that. We'll see. We'll get more into that in a little bit. Uh, Recommendations and scores? Yep. Yep. Recommendations and score. Uh, Heather, go. Um... I mean, I don't not recommend it. <laughs> it's it's not one of those where it's the most terrible thing or whatever. Like, and, and and I do agree. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just certain certain deaths are very gory, and I think it's because it starts off that way, and you're just like, yeah, I don't know. But you you just you have to be okay seeing sometimes a little bit of the violence in this one. Um, but it, it's not bad. Obviously, you know, just depends on if you can if you can handle these types of horror movies or if you're you know interested in them but if you are sure it's fine um yeah i i think that it's it's fine to watch once you know i don't i don't i don't not recommend it is kind of the best i could say about it <laughs> um but yeah i'll give it you know i'll, I'll give it like um Seventy um, alligators or crocodiles swimming up on you in the lake out of a hundred. Uh, you were correct. It was, it was an alligator. It was an alligator. Okay. Yes. We we don't have crocodiles in America. Outside yeah, of zoos. Yeah. I always I always mix the two up and I don't know why, but yes, alligator. Yep. It was a gator. All right, Justin, go. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I just don't have a reason to not recommend that. I mean, I think that if you're a fan of this genre and you're looking for like a, a horror slasher type of movie, I mean, you could do a lot worse than this. I mean, it was, you know, it's it's well made enough to recommend. The story was, I think, I think everything just feels good enough in this movie to me. Like the story was good enough. The acting was good enough the killing and stuff was good enough. And the, and the aesthetic that it was trying to give you the throwback that it was trying to be, it was a good enough throwback to kind of what has been a, a, a a bygone era when it comes to like some of the, 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 the slasher movies like this, you know, it was just an homage to a, a lot of the old stuff. So I think that if you're a fan of slashers and that kind of stuff and horror movies and that kind of stuff, you'll probably dig it. I mean, I I think that most people will dig this and what they did and everything like that. Um, 
and and like I said, just no no acting performance was bad or anything like that. It just you know, it's just I was like I walked out and I was like, all right, that was pretty cool. You know, I I didn't hate anything that I saw honestly. So yeah, I mean, I recommend it. You know, go see it. It's a you know you, you gotta you and a date and y'all want to see something scary. You want to jump a little bit or see something kind of that that's a call back to that time. Th- th- this is definitely that it, it's just a call back to an earlier type of movie. Um, and, and then there are things I think also in it where it, do, it that it does better than just um, movies like this. Where I think the story and the, the the there was a little bit more attention to detail with the characters, the 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 stuff that it does is just you know with the camera and stuff like that. It did did some artistic things with some of the kills. Okay, you know I was fine with it. So for me, I'm gonna go. I'll go a little higher than Heather. I'll go eighty. Um. Man, should have thought about this more. Uh, 80, I'll just use what Sterling said, 80 shotguns to the face <laughs> out of 100. I don't not recommend this movie. I just can't wholeheartedly recommend it. Like, if you're a horror fan and you're like a slasher fan, like, whatever, sure, watch this movie. I mean... It's not going to like blow your mind or anything, but it's not like a terrible watch. It's just, it's a fine, it's a fine little watch. You know, if you get cringed out by violence and sex, you know, maybe pick a different movie. This is definitely not the movie you want to watch. Because this, this movie is sex and murder throughout. Just, if it's not sex, it's murder. If it's not murder, it's sex. So, you know, uh, you'll pick a different movie if you don't want to see some of that stuff. There's some nudity. There's some violence. There's some nudity violence. There's some violent nudity. I mean, it's all over the place. It's got all of it. Um, if it can be naked or dead, it happens in this movie. I mean, you know, it does it. Yep. Uh, but like I said, I don't, I don't hate this movie. I don't necessarily just, I don't. It's 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 fine. Um I'll give it a fifty-seven. Fifty-seven barreled man asses out of a hundred. Uh spoilers? Yeah. Yep. Spoilers. I don't I just was not intrigued by any of the deaths in this movie. I really wasn't. I mean, the my favorite death in this movie was the camera guy, the first death. That was, yeah. that was my, I thought it was cool with the lighting and oh, everything. Yeah. That was fantastic. It is the most violent death, but like you get the blood splattering on the lights and it gives it that red hue. Like yeah. I was down for that. I was like, fuck yeah. Okay. We're getting some cool shit. And then not a single death in this movie fucking gets to that level or even tries to like, even if you don't want to say like, that's yeah. the best cinema death out there. Let's just give it like an eight. That's like an eight on the media, the the movie death scale. Every other death in this movie shoots for a three. Just the <laughs> yeah, most I guess that's true. Basic, and it just feels Jane like it's deaths. gonna be at that level the whole time, and it's not. Yeah, 
So yeah, it gets very anticlimactic with it. When that first death happens, I'm like, sign me the fuck up. Let's go. Now I wasn't necessarily down for like the four minute her dancing in the red colored lights after that. But I'm like, you know what? Okay. If that's what it's going to be, it's what it's going to be. Let's just go. Let's see some more shit. And then the rest of the deaths are just somebody. They get shot. They get shot. You know, somebody gets eaten by an alligator. Like every like, or somebody gets stabbed in the head with a pitchfork. You don't even get to see any of it, really. Like that second death when that guy dies by the pitchfork is the like the most clean and ungory pitchfork death in the history of movies. Like, just it pokes him in the eyeball, and you don't even get to see it. Really, you get to see it come at the eyeball, and then it like cuts away, and that's it. It's all like that's that's the whole death. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I think the death that pissed me off the most, though, was the Kid Cuddy death when Kid Cuddy gets shot. Because the setup for that death makes no sense whatsoever. He goes to help the old man find his wife. The old man knows he's going to murder this guy. Like, that's the whole reason why he's doing it is to murder this guy. Mm-hmm. And they get out to the lake. And then he goes, let's go our separate ways. To come back for him to shoot Kid Cuddy. There is actually zero real reason to have them separate and to go their separate ways. Other than the fact they wanted to show a VW bug hidden in the swamp, implying that this has happened before. That's the sole reason why Kid Cudi and the old man separate was to have that scene because they come back together and he's like, nah, I couldn't find her. The old man just goes, kablam. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> if, 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 if you really think about it as to what would have happened if your characters are murderers, he'd have been like, hey, help me come find my wife. All right, we're at the swamp. You go that way, I'll go this way. And as soon as Kid Cudi takes two steps in the other direction, come lay him in the back, dead. That's what would happen if you're murdering people. There would be no reason to let him <laughs> actually walk around for a little bit. But I also feel like with the whole setup of like Kid Cudi, like he was a he was a Marine, I think, right? Is what they said he was. Yes. I'm like, I feel like his senses would have kicked on to know like something's up with this guy. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I just feel like that should have happened. You know, I ain't even got to that part yet. Yeah. Oh, my bad. No, I'm just saying, no, you're right. Like that was like my, the next thing I was going to bring up is mm-hmm. like. He was also kind of a shitty Marine about it. Right. <laughs> Just wanted to say, um, I was in the Marines. Yeah. So but you're that's safe why they did me. It. And that's like all. <laughs> they separated to come back just for Kid Cuddy to remind everybody again he was in the Marines before he got shot again. Like, you know what? Like that whole death sequence makes no fucking sense to me. And it brought me out of it when I realized that's the whole setup for that death. You know? But like to me, every death. Like when that guy goes and looks out the fucking holes in the wall, it was not obvious that he was going to get stabbed right then. Because yeah. that's what happens in a horror movie. If you look through a hole, you get stabbed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's a matter of just waiting for it to happen. Yeah, it's the suspense of it happening. And so that happened. And then Kid Cudi, like it to me, it was obvious Kid Cudi's about to get dead. And then Brittany Snow with the alligator and the old woman. It was obvious that was what was going to happen. 
like that she was just going to push her into the the lake like because of the way they position their bodies you're like oh she's she's going to push her in the lake and then when Jenna Ortega character runs out the door it's like of course she's just going to get shot like is to me like every single death in this movie felt like it happened just when a movie death happens and there was like I said there's no fake out death there was no point where like somebody runs out and they're like see we're fine kablam then they die Nothing. Like the guy didn't look through the holes in the barn and go, see, no one's out there. Then turn back and get stabbed. Nothing. Not a single fake death. Mm. They just died at the most movie time death ever. I will say Jenny Ortega's death. I didn't fully see coming. I, I honestly thought that she might be one to make it out. <laughs> no, I, I just, I instantly knew that was going to happen because she turned on the other character. Because she was like, yeah, you tricked me into fucking people. Now, you know, that's why this is happening is because you tr- see. And that's the point I brought up earlier that I didn't like that. They bring back certain aspects later in the movie that contradict parts of the first movie. She blamed her for being in a like in a murderer's basement because she tricked her into being a por- in a porn, essentially. Like it was that that whole if you have sex, you die in a horror movie. Type of thing. They went back to that element at the end of the movie. And it just, it didn't fit the, to me, it didn't fit the actual scenes, you know? And it just, yeah, I just knew as soon as she ran out the door, she's just going to die. I mean, all right, maybe I didn't know she was going to get shot, but I knew she's going to die. You know what I mean? Like, I just knew that's when she was going to die. Like, whether it be her just running outside and getting hit in the face with a hammer, you know what I mean? I knew she was running outside to her death. Like, and to be fair, maybe that's what it was is technically the way they died might've been a surprise, but they all died exactly when I thought they were going to die. You know, like just nothing took me away from that. Nothing made me think otherwise. And it was just set up death, set up death, set up death. And like I said, they weren't even that cool of deaths. Like, You know, like, I mean, it was just two of them just got shot. They just got shot. One of them got stabbed in the eyeballs. There's no blood in it. And then one of them just gets eaten by an alligator underwater. Like, you just see some spinning and some blood. That's really it. Like, the most gruesome death is the camera, guys. But it was also the most interesting. It was the most visually pleasing I mean, as much as a visually like death could be in a movie, but I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like it's to me, the movie, the, the, the death scene that like really was like, fuck yeah, we're trying to be something. And all the rest of them weren't including the old man and the old woman. Those were boring deaths to me too. Like the old man just has a heart attack. And that's all because Jenna Ortega's character goes. And then the old man goes. I just fucked. My heart can't take it. It dies. <laughs> yeah, I knew that heart attack was going to be why, because otherwise, why did they bring it up? Exactly. <laughs> they brought it up so much. And since he, like, yeah. and since he didn't die fucking, you're like, oh, he's still going to have a heart attack. Something. Like, you just knew he was going to die of that. And then the old woman just, of course, because the old man said earlier in the movie, oh, my wife gets confused. I don't want her to fall and break a hip. So what did she do? She fell and broke a hip. 
I'm just like, of course. Yep. Like, okay. It was still tight, though. I thought it was tight, though. I like the shotgun attempt and then the kickback of that. You know, you just don't see that. So, well, yeah, I the reason that that was cool. the reason why you don't see that in a movie is because the shotgun don't kick back that much. I mean, I'm just saying there's a reason why you don't see that. But like, I mean, I guess it was kind of cool, like the whole like her running over her head scene. Yeah, I that mean, was that great. Brought, yeah, right? That brought that the violence cool. back. But like at that point, that's the last death in the movie. You know, it's the last death in the movie. I'm just kind of like, OK. Still, you, you still phoned in five or six other deaths. Like, I'm not going to give you credit for getting violent at the last one. When you know it's the last one, you also know it's the last one. Like, and then, like, also, like, I thought those scenes where they fucking cut back and forth with that church sermon constantly was just dumb. I get what they were trying to do with it because it's the whole morality play of slasher movies in the 70s and 80s. Like, you know, like I said earlier, if you fuck, you die. If you do drugs, you die. If you know, you do anything bad, you die. And so you have the preacher constantly preaching on about like, oh, the sin of the devil is bad. People fucking's bad. All this other stuff. But it's just like, I get what they were doing with it, but it was just kind of dumb when they had it on every single television that ever appeared in the movie. If a television appeared on the movie, it had that church sermon and it's and and they didn't even act like time passed. They literally it was like they would like, oh, nobody's watching the church sermon. Let's pause it. Okay, it's on a TV again. Let's play again. Like you would finish sentences that would happen days later. Like. Like I said, I get what it was meant to do, and I'm not opposed to that per se. It's just kind of a dumb idea that, like, to me, takes me out of it a little bit. Like, I get the point, but it just, it's kind of weird that every TV has that guy on it. It's just impossibly like a thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, especially when I'm starting to check out of the movie towards the end, it just becomes another thing where you're like, of course, you're going to go back to that guy. Of course, she's going to be the daughter because like, and also that was another thing that was like a mile away. My daughter started doing sex and drugs. So of course it's going to be the main character of the movie. Of course it is. So like, I just, I just, I did not care about the second half of the movie. First half though, I, I legitimately think I, the characters are interesting. The shots are interesting. Like, I mean, I know for some people it's way too much sex for a movie, but like, I liked the, dis- oh shit, I liked the discussions they were having with it. You know what I mean? I liked those elements of it. I thought those were really interesting character traits they were bringing to some of the stuff. And I was just really digging that. You know, like when they were sitting around having the conversation of, oh, like with the camera guy, like, oh, so you're okay with filming porn and this and that and want people to watch porn and all this other stuff, but your girlfriend wants to be in porn, but that's an issue now. You know, you're okay if other people's girlfriends fuck, just not yours. You're okay with doing all this other stuff. You're okay with watching all these other girls fuck. But your girlfriend can't do it. Like, I think those are interesting and complex discussions that they were having in this movie. And I genuinely, on like just a, a, a curiosity and a humanitarian level, just really enjoyed what the fuck they were talking about. It was really fascinated. And then it just all went to dumb deaths. 
<sighs> uh, Heather, how about you? Yeah, and I get that too. Like, I thought they were having actual, like, genuine discussions on it. And, like, even up to the part where the cameraman was, like, breaking down crying in the bathtub. Like, up to that point. Oh, that was great. You know? That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I will say, like, for as much as I do think that that was a really good part of this movie, I do just think that um, Jenna Ortega or Lorraine, not Lorraine, uh, Jenna Ortega's character, that was kind of, I don't know. I, I just feel like that. I don't think it was forced necessarily, but I think the buildup to her being like that okay with going from I'm this shy camera girl to I want to be in the porno was a little bit quick. <laughs> like it felt like there wasn't even like the build up to it. And so it was it kind of threw me off as a little bit jarring just because she was so on the other end of it, like an hour before there wasn't even this like nervous build up to it or anything like that. It was just one end of it to the other, you know, and so I just feel like that was a little bit jarring. But otherwise, I do agree. I think that those conversations they were having were interesting, um, you know, and it was and it was well paced, like everything they were talking about, all that stuff like. Yeah, I I do agree. I think that part was really well done. And just the basically talking about like, you know, this is why we're doing it. And this is why we're okay doing it. And um, you just don't, I guess, really get to hear those perspectives of it very much. So and and yeah, the whole aspect of the cameraman being so upset that his girlfriend wanted to, you know, and that it was interesting. So I agree with that. Um, I think me and and you're right I guess like the gore wasn't as much as it seems like it was going to be I guess for me I still thought it was though because of those two very jarring or very embedded in my mind scenes of the cameraman dying and the old lady getting her head run over (laughs) those were pretty gory and even when um Jenna Ortega's character got her face shot off and you see it like it was just and you're right it's not like it was overly gory more than you know, the boys or whatever on, on Amazon, like it's, it's not more than that or something, but it's, I guess I just didn't expect that. I don't know why. And maybe because it was coming mostly from that old lady, like the old lady is the one who did this crazy, insane death. And I just did not expect it from her. I did expect that she was going to kill somebody, but I didn't know it was going to be that violent, you know? So maybe it was just the, the shock of it, the shock of like, who was doing it was why it was interesting. I don't know. Um, that's fair. You don't have a lot of elderly murderers in movies. Yeah. And like her crazy, like strength to kill like that too, at her age, (laughs) I was like not expecting it. She was driven by the need to fuck. That's, I guess (laughs) the other thing that took me out of it a little bit. She's just like the premise of the, the, the last half of the movie. She's just so horny. She murders people. (laughs) She's sexually frustrated. Yes. But um, (laughs) she's and, you know, it's. I don't know, like and that was part of it, too, was like just the the speed and the stealth and the whatever at which these old people were moving when in any other part of the movie, they just seem like they're about to break down and fall apart as humans. (laughs) Like (laughs) it would just didn't. 
you know, the, the murderous rage part of them is just totally like they're superhuman, but any other time they're just not. So it's just very interesting how, how they did that part. But, and I really, the cringy part for me was honestly, mostly the old lady (laughs) when she, especially when she just decides to get into bed with Lorraine, like that was so like, the spine chilling to me just because like, can you imagine waking up to this stranger just that you don't even know? Like, it's just the thought of it is so terrifying of like, just you think that the person that you're actually supposed to be in bed with is that person. And it's not like, not that we haven't seen this in movies before, but just how much they linger on it is just, it's just so bone chilling to think of that situation. You know what I mean? And I think part of it, too, is like, I felt like they couldn't really decide if they wanted Pearl, the old lady, to be if she was like jealous of Lorraine because of her beauty and how she was. And that used to be her when she was younger or if she was attracted to her. And I guess it turns out it's both. But it kind of felt like for a little bit, it didn't know which direction it was going with that. Like if it was like, I'm jealous or I'm attracted to her. But then, like you said, Sterling, maybe because she was so sexually frustrated by the end of it, she was attracted to anybody because she just wanted to have sex. I don't know. But, you know, it just it kind of felt like. I I don't know what they wanted to do with that story fully, and I think they could have probably done it a little bit better than they did. Um, But yeah, I think and that really that's probably for me the the creepiest part of this whole movie, like just this <laughs> complete stranger, just, you know, uh, violating her in bed. It's so crazy and creepy and chilling. So, and that's why I say it's so cringy to me and disturbing to my soul because <laughs> you just think about that situation and it's, it's, uh, oh, it's creepy, but, um, no, I get that. That is, that is a genuinely creepy scene. Yeah. Like it is. Th- uh, yeah. When it gets into the horror elements of everything, that the creepiness of that, I think, tops any of the the cringiness or whatever with the violence or anything like that that this movie tries mm-hmm. to achieve later. That is a genuinely creepy and unnerving scene. I I will give you that. That that yep. is a fair assessment of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it just really is like, and it's honestly, unfortunately, the most memorable part of it because of how creepy it is. <laughs> but um yeah and so you you are right i didn't really think about it that way at first um sterling with how you know it's a bit predictable as far as like who's gonna die and sometimes even the way they might die i didn't think about it in the moment and and maybe it's because i don't know it, it's just i feel like with horror movies these days they always want to do a fake out like you said of like Oh, you think this person's going to die and they're not, or they're not going to die yet, you know? And so I think I didn't really fully know what to expect, except people were going to die. You know, I expected more than one person to make it out. I'll say that much. But, um, but I think towards the, you know, latter half or whatever, I did come to realize that obviously Lorraine was not going to die. I did not think she was like after you see her the old woman in bed with her you realize that she's a very like pertinent character to this movie and that's when I was like okay she's gonna be at least one of them to live and then I thought it was gonna be Jenna Ortega and I thought it was gonna be 
them and their how different they are as characters and kind of hating each other having to come together to survive i thought it was going to be that situation and it wasn't but and that's fine it didn't need to be but i i guess it is predictable but i just didn't expect that it would be is the thing like sometimes i can guess like okay i think this is what's going to happen in the movie i didn't necessarily think it was going to be predictable if that makes sense but yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I, I think, and, and like the, the story of the old couple and their, their struggle to, you know, have intimacy and all of that stuff. It was just so like, those moments were supposed to be just so like sweet and loving compared to all of this, like, violence and sex happening around them and it was just super weird to get into that storyline especially when they're the ones doing the killing you know but you, that was also the moment though when you see like okay this is this is their mental state and this is their mindset and this is what it is that's motivating them so um yeah it it had some it did have some good elements to it. And yeah, I think even if it had just been a movie about these people are trying to make a porn movie and realizing how they feel about that in general is that would have been a good movie on its own. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the deescalation of how they were killing and the violence of how they were killing people, I guess. And I think maybe that's what kept me into it is because I expected like, okay, so eventually they're going to get another death like that. Right. (laughs) Because of how like strong they came in with that first one and they never did, but I kept thinking they would. So I guess maybe I was intrigued the whole time because I was still thinking something like that was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do mostly agree with you, um, Sterling about just, it is more predictable than I expected. Um, if you kind of sit back and look at it. So but yeah, it, again, though, it was fine. It was a fine movie. Justin, what about you? Cool. So, um, yeah, I do think that um, I guess I'm just kind of in this weird place where it's like, OK, you know, obviously this was supposed to be kind of an homage to kind of a more old school uh, horror slasher movie and everything like that. So I guess just depending on your like or dislike of this is going to be if you saw the sort of straightforward, simple formula as an homage to something older. And so you appreciated the old school aspect of the formula, or if you were somebody who maybe didn't appreciate that as much and you wanted something a little more creative, a little more like, um, Yeah, I I guess that's the best word. You wanted something a little more creative, something um, a little bit beyond, I guess, just paying homage to an older era of slasher or something like that. So I guess just depending on where you fall on that, did you appreciate the old school elements or did you want did you feel like that wasn't enough? You wanted something more than that. Is probably going to be a lot dependent on how much you enjoyed this movie. Um, I I think for me, uh, definitely the the first half of it. The one thing I did appreciate about it is that 
I do feel that it was a slow burn. You know, it didn't, it didn't have to immediately get to killing or start killing everyone. The movie took its time and I appreciated that. You know, the first half is you really just getting to know these characters and understanding what they're doing. And, you know, we're, we're making a porno. We're meeting all these characters. We're seeing everybody's viewpoint and their goals and what they want to do. And, you know, the cameraman, even though he was filming it, he wanted an element of art and acting and stuff. And he was like, just because it's a porn doesn't mean it can't still be a good movie. So, you know, he had layers and then, you know, you just go down the list and you have all these characters, but yeah, definitely one of my favorite scenes was when everybody was talking on the couch. Um, because it really got into this whole thing about, okay, being, uh, being, you know, proud or understanding of who you are and understanding that, you know, life is short. You only live once. So you should, you know, you should have some adventures. You should do some things. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. We do this because we choose to do it. We understand the ramifications of it, but this is our life and we choose to live. And um, our main character said something about living a life of regrets, Maxine. She talked handedly about that. You know, you you don't want to. And when she was talking to um, our character on the fence about doing it, um, Lorraine, and she was like, you know, you don't want to not do things and then look back and be too old and have these regrets and everything like that. And I think that really is the central sort of message that the movie wraps it around. More to me, what stood out to me, and I guess this is why I, I guess I fall more on the positive side with it. It was more about that, I think, than it was so much about sex or this or that. You have these youthful, you have these young people on this side and they're living their life. They're taking their chances. They're embracing their sexuality. They're having sex and having fun. And they're like, we're going to do this thing while we're young. And then you have these old people living in regret. They're watching these sermons. They're 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 trying to have that fire in their life, but they don't have it. And then you've got this woman who loans for her youth. She looks at somebody like Maxine and she wants that youth again. She remembers when she was pretty. She's looking at her and remembering how uh, she used to look and things like that. And I think there's really this message about getting too old and having regrets and kind of looking down on youth. And that's a real thing. You know, that's like a real thing that happens. I mean, we, we see that all the time where you have Gen Z, Gen X, this, that, and the other, and they often can't relate because the old people just don't understand the young people. And then sometimes I do think there is a jealousy and an envy that comes with that when you have a life of regrets and then you're looking at these younger people and they seem to be they're they're pretty and they have no they have no regard for any of the things that you do and you know maybe there is a part of you that wants that so i was not surprised that this couple was killing and i guess i kind of understood what pearl's actions were because that's what she was. She was definitely the villain in this, but I guess 
I was feeling her because I understood the motivations. I understood that she is an old person that has that, that, and she looks at them and it gives her, and she regrets not having that anymore. She's upset that she doesn't have that anymore. And I think that was part of the infatuation with Maxine. And plus, since now we know that, you know, that was goth playing both characters and then seeing the, um, the, I guess you could say the, the extended scene or the trailer, whatever you want to call it at the end of the movie, she looked like her. That's who she was, you know, was when she was younger. So she's looking at her, seeing herself and wanting that and desiring that in some way. And yes, there was kind of something sexual about it, but I think even more than that, there was something existential about it. Like I want to go back to that time and I can't. So I'm going to do something. I I just felt that that's what it was. And them her trying to have sex and them struggling and not be and the guy not being able to and stuff like that. It, it, it was like a woman refusing to understand that that time is gone, you know, and hurting other people because I can't have that anymore. And I don't know, I guess I just liked that aspect of the movie. I appreciated the contrast of the, protagonist and the antagonist in this. And I guess that made me enjoy it more. And those are the parts where the movies excel to where the movie excels. It excelled with that sort of relationship with the slashers, I guess you could say, and the people being slashed. Um, I do agree with you, Sterling, like, but besides a few kills, most of it was pretty straightforward. Like we, we developed the characters, we build, we build, we build. And then the movie just sort of flies straight through in the second half. Okay, this guy's dead. This person's dead. This guy's dead. She's dead and everything like that. Um, And I guess I didn't necessarily, I guess I fall on the other side of that. I get that there were, that that some of those kills lacked creativity and everything like that. Um, But then there's a part of me that just kind of appreciated that they didn't try to do too much. Like, They just kind of kept it straightforward and kind of old school within that way. So I don't know. I'm in a weird place. There's a part of me that appreciates the straightforwardness of that. And maybe there is another part of me that was like, could it have been a little more creative? Yeah, probably. But I really enjoyed that first kill of the cameraman. I thought that that was great. Um, Whenever Lorraine gets shot out of nowhere, yes, it was just a gunshot. Yes, it was just a... But to me, situationally, it was done well. They were arguing. And then, I mean, right as she went out the door, blam, she was gone. You know, I thought situationally, um, some of the kills were okay, even if they weren't original. You know, I I didn't, I I wasn't that angry at them in the sense that I, I guess I just understood that, you know, the practicality of them, I was fine with. I was fine with, I guess, the film not trying to do too much in that regard. I just was like, okay, that was cool. And yeah, the scene where Pearl gets into the bed with um with Maxine, man, that that like you guys said, that was a chilling scene. And not only was it chilling and creepy in all those ways, but you could just also tell how much she wanted to be young again. Like how much she wanted 
that youth again. And, you know, the fact that they, that this person looked like how she was when she was younger and wishing you had that and wanting that and it being right next to you, but you can never have that again. And that time for you is gone and that'll never be again. There was something like creepy, but also just kind of sad about it, you know? And and I don't know, maybe that's just me. You know, when it comes to this podcast, I'm the, I'm the kind of the, the, the designated deeper meaning read in guy. So maybe to me, it just hit me that way. And I kind of understood it on that level, but yeah, man. So in a way it's almost kind of like this tragic story. So then like whenever it showed, when it gets to the end credits and you see that there's this, um, that they're doing this version where you, we're going to go back in time and Pearl is, and now we're going to see kind of how Pearl came up and everything like that. It was like, hmm, okay, so now we're going to get, you know, if that happens, if that's going to be, I don't know if that was just for artistic purposes or if that is a movie, they are making it. I don't really know the details of that. But uh, if it is something that they're going to make, I'd watch it. You know, I, I kind of want to know what this Pearl person's life was like. How did she become this murderer? What happened in her youth to make her this way? I'd be interested to see some of that. You know, I think the movie did enough good enough job with these characters to where I'd, I'd you know, if they made that, I'd want to see it. I think that would be kind of cool uh, to see. So yeah, overall, I'll stop talking, but that's kind of, I guess, overall where I fell on it. You know, I thought that the characterizations, even though, Yes, the some of the kills were predictable. You knew the alligator was going to happen. You knew that. And, and I mean, a lot of these characters you knew were going to die. They were all having sex. They were making a porno. We saw sex galore. This is how these movies work. And one person surviving, you know, it's kind of par for the course for an old school horror movie like this. So I guess that's kind of where I sit with it, like, I guess I, I'm, I'm, I sit better with it because I understand why they did those things, you know, because almost to do more would almost it to do more too much, then it wouldn't be the homage it's trying to be. But at the same time, you know, it's 2022, you know, we want new and fresh and we want things to kind of be just more than just a copy of what we've seen. So I get that too. So I'm kind of in this weird place with it, but yeah, overall, that's, I guess my overall thoughts leaning more towards the, uh, the thumbs up than I am the down in some of those regards. Um, well, first and foremost, uh, that was what I was talking about. My other part of movie trivia, Pearl's already been shot. They shot Pearl when they shot this. Oh, okay. Okay, tight. So, uh, Pearl's coming. So, don't worry about that part of it, Justin. That that was a real trailer. That's real. It's already filmed everything. Ready to go. Um, cool. I guess the reason why I never ended up thinking she was tragic in those regards that you were talking about is because she was also raping and murdering people. And... I just, it never ended up be like, I never ended up seeing her as a tragic figure uh, because of those things. Um, 
Like, I get what you're saying, though. Those elements are in this movie. What you're talking about is in this movie. So I, I do understand a lot of that. It's just I never personally felt those things. You know, I... I Like, I, I see where you connect them, though. It's just her also having a sex prisoner in the basement and, you know, all those other things. I'm just like, yeah. She's just, like, to me... And to me also, by the time it got to the end of the movie, it did feel to me like she was just mad because she couldn't fuck. Like, I get what you're saying, Jet. Like, I see those elements, but I think by the time it got to the end and all the pieces that we had seen, at least within this movie and all this other stuff, maybe it changes with the release of Pearl. You know, when you get more of her backstory and stuff like that. It's just by the time I got to the end of this movie, I was like, so she just murder people because she can't fuck? Once she fucked, she should have been happy. No longer wanted to murder people, but she still wanted to murder. She's just walking contradictions at that point. Yeah, because it's like, you're right with the prisoner she had. It's like, well, if that was like her sex prisoner, then she was having sex. So why was she still sexually frustrated? But she wasn't be- and then part of it is because she wasn't being desired. Yeah, anymore. I guess that's true. And that's why she overkilled cameraman but yeah yes because part of it is and part of her frustration is the fact that she used to be so desired right and no yeah, longer was and true. the whole idea was now that the new girl was going to be so desired and she wanted that and all this other stuff but that's another problem i i think i have with this movie that it's kind of weird to me when movies constantly tell me oh this person is special this is special 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 because they use that word nine million times to describe the main character, like the, the pro- protagonist, if you will, of this movie. I didn't think her character did anything that seemed overtly special when it came to porn or anything for that matter. So, like, I was just kind of very confused by some of that. Like, the movie, like, to me, it kind of felt like the whole Justin adage of show, don't tell. The movie kept telling me she was special, and I never, I never saw her character being special. So that threw me for a loop too. But, and then, you know, and the, cause like, well, she every, got out of there. She got out of that. Like, I mean, so I, I mean, mean, she I was know, able to do that. She survived. I, yeah, that, I guess that made her special, but like, I know they can't show full on fuck scenes in this movie. Cause it's just a regular movie, you know, in the end, like, but like even the stuff they were filming of her being the quote in, in the porn quote unquote didn't feel particularly special to me. You know, I'm just like, so why do people keep saying she's special? Like show me something special. You know, even if you're like just alluding to her doing a sex act that is unheard of or whatever, that is just going to blow people's minds. And it's like, she's the one that can do it. She's the master of it, whatever. Like show like hint towards that something just like all they did was like, man, watching her fuck is special. And I'm like, well, we kind of got to watch a little bit of her fucking. It wasn't that special. I've seen tons of fucking like that in movies, like not even getting into the porn aspect of things. That was a very much normal movie sex scene with a lot of regards. So I'm just like, I don't see the specialness in all of it that everybody's getting so obsessed with in this movie. You know, so like there was that part of it that kind of just detracted from being able to attach to certain aspects of this movie because a lot of this movie kept telling me things and it didn't want to show me much of it. And like I said, I, I'm not advocating that they actually showed full blown sex in this movie 
to really nail home that like, yeah, we're doing a porn, you know, so you're going to watch them fuck for reals. Like I, I'm not advocating for that in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying everything just seemed kind of by the books and standard with a lot of that stuff. So I, the idea of specialness was kind of lost on me with some of those regards. I get outside of her living at the end. The only thing she specially did in the movie was she did a lot of Coke. I mean, if that makes you special, she was really good at that. She was just really good at randomly just doing a bunch of Coke. Just randomly always had it too. Maybe that's what she's special at. She always has Coke, no matter how much she does. She's always got some on hand. And in the seventies and eighties, I'll give you that. That makes you special as fuck. Like I get it. Yeah. And sometimes it's not whether the person is, but just what they think they are. She definitely was confident and ambitious and felt like she was the shit. So that, that they definitely made it a point to establish that her looking in the mirror and saying, Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm going to kill this scene or whatever she was saying, or you're, you deserve everything you're going to get and all that kind of stuff. So to me, it felt more like a, this is a person who is completely confident in who she is and is going and is ambitious and is not going to let anyone or anything stand in her way. And I mean, she got out of that motherfucker. She got out of there. She got out of that situation. And a lot of that was because of her ambition to get out of there. So Honestly, I think that was her ex. You know, it was her confidence and ambition in con and her the the and maybe just some youthful ignorance or willingness to just be who she was and do what she did. And meanwhile, the contrast was, you know, Pearl and them who somebody who had lost that, you know, could never have it again, didn't have that anymore, you know. Um, oh then can't get that back, et cetera. So I don't know. Maybe it was just that. I mean, you are right on At that, Justin. She, that's she had, what I gathered. She had all the confidence in the world. I'll give her that. 100% nailed that aspect of it. You know, I just, I don't know. To me, and that's just, half the battle, right? Like when most people, isn't that like half the battle? Like um, a lot of times you just are what you think you are, you know, what, what your, what your motivation is, what your, you know, a lot of times um, in order to do something, you have to believe you can do said thing, you know, you have to try sometimes, but the difference between doing something and, you know, and actually doing something is believing you can and try it and shit, you know? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And also, I think I was mixing up Lorraine and Maxine's characters earlier. So sorry if that confused anyone. But um, the the interesting thing with this is. It's kind of rare, I think, to see a like a horror movie where the actual storyline is more interesting than the kills and the violence of it. Because usually it's the other way around with horror movies. <laughs> so I think that it is interesting that we're kind of more interested in like the storylines of the characters and the backstory than we are in the actual like 
hey, what's going to happen and what kind of violence are we going to see? You know, so I, I do think it's interesting that it it did the story aspect better than anything else in this movie. That's why critics are liking it, too. That that, that might answers be it, yeah. that as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it all goes away so fast. I think that's why I'm still not <laughs> attaching to it is it just goes the fuck away. I'm just like, oh, okay. It's a fairly short movie, right? It's like under two hours, maybe? Hour 45, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, and that's what I was going to say. I don't want to, I didn't want to sound like Pearl is uh, tragic. Like I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm sad she died. Did she deserve to die in this movie? Yes. W- was she uh, evil and an antagonist and stuff like that? Yes. But I guess more or less, I'm just talking about characterizations and motivations like I could see why she had arrived to where she was her thought process and everything like that and what she was desiring from Maxine or what she saw in Maxine that she wanted and stuff like that and I guess that's the aspect of it that the the tragedy is not the character more than it is the understanding of what that means philosophically. Like there are old people who have regrets. There are people who feel like they have lost that time and they can't get it back and they will never get it back. And it's that regret of man, I'll never be that way again. There are people who look at young people and they are envious of them and may, and I guess the idea is more tragic than the character so I just wanted to like make that clarification. I'm not looking, seeing somebody kill and rape and stuff and going, man, that's tragic. <laughs> not in that way. I just wanted to like fix that. <laughs> are you sure, Justin? Are you sure that's what you weren't trying to really say? No, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> also, can we, can we just real quick talk about the real start of this movie? The prosthetic penis they put on Kid Cudi for that shadow shot of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just, that was, like, and I get why they did that. That was very much a callback to black exploitation uh, films and stuff like that with the, that aspect of it. But that caught me off guard and was kind of funny. I thought that was a funny scene. Yeah, I went. Whoa. You went kid cutty. Something like that. <laughs> also, like, oh, there it is. And then the scene it went to another scene. Also, shout out to Kid Cuddy. He did a very good job for him not being like a traditional actor or going the traditional actor route. Kid Cuddy did a yeah. great job in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was good, man. Everybody brought it. Except the director. Those half ass murder scenes. I mean, I think it to me is just because it is a slasher film. You know what I mean? Like, that's what really I think kind of got me with it is like, I wanted to see some slashing. Like, I wanted to see some, some something. You know, like I, I get what you're saying, Justin, about it being more of a callback. Therefore, you don't want to reinvent the wheel or do a death scene that they wouldn't do in a movie back then or something. I get that, but like. I mean, we got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre back then, you know, like we got some other stuff. You could at least have the pitchfork pokies be out the back of his head, something. 
little blood squirt. Yeah, I thought I thought there was going to be a repeated pitchfork stab, and I was kind of like, "Oh my god, he's he's about to get it to his ass with that pitchfork," and then it just wasn't, and I went, "Oh, yeah, something okay. like." There was some of that. I get what you're saying, bro. Like, there was some of that with the kills, though. It was. I just, I don't know. I want more out of a slasher film. Even if it is a callback homage, whatever. Like. Because sometimes also, like, it's also, it's a callback slasher film. Like. I think you, you got to find that, that right line of. How much character stuff are we going to do versus how much murder stuff are we going to do? And to me, I just don't know if this movie really hit that. Like in regards to being a slasher film, in in regards to being a character study, like I said, first half, incredibly interesting, incredibly deep, really loved it. But then at the end, like that's kind of why horror movies kind of stay away from some of that stuff. Cause sometimes you just need people to be there to die. You don't need them to be there to contribute to anything other than the body count. Like, mm-hmm. and they tried to do both. And I don't, I just don't think they succeeded in that level of both. Like Heather brought it up. The new Texas chainsaw massacre. It's a whatever movie, but I'll say this. There's a scene on a bus we're like no less than like 25 people just get chainsawed the fuck up on a bus. Like they should just be chainsawing the fuck out of them on a bus. And you know what? You don't know any of those damn people that are dying. You don't even, you, you don't even see them at any other point in the movie. You just know they's dying right now. And there's something to be said about the eloquence of that. Like I wasn't necessarily <laughs> a fan of anything else in that movie. Cause it's really shitty, but I'll, I, I really enjoyed that murder bus of just, yeah, that was hardcore 25 people. And he's just walking through chainsaw, 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 chainsaw. Great. Fantastic. People's people trying to run away. They're slipping in blood and body parts. It's magnificent. <laughs> Somebody trying to live stream it or whatever. Yeah. They're trying to Facebook live it going, no, oh, no, look what's happening. Death, death, death. Fantastic. The one glimmering scene of hope in that movie was just 25 people being senselessly murdered. And I'll give that movie that at least in that scene, it knew its identity. The rest of that movie has no fucking clue what it's doing. But in that, that scene, it knew what the fuck kind of movie it was. I'll give it that. It goes, you didn't (laughs) sign up for any of the rest of this shit. Because it's dumb and stupid and shouldn't be in this movie. But we know you came for some death. So we'll at least give you six minutes of people getting chainsawed nonstop. I mean, I, yeah, I guess you could say the deaths in that are more gory and interesting than the ones in X. But because <laughs> even the guy who got a chainsaw to his face, you know, and his jaw was like half off. I mean, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's a good. So, yeah, too. that's true. I mean, I guess it does. That's probably the kind of deaths you were wanting to see throughout X, yeah, but you was. didn't get all that except for the one. I wanted to see shit like so. that. Like, but to me, the the rest of the, all the deaths in in X outside the first one kind of felt like the last death of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just anti- <laughs> yeah. anticlimactic and dumb. Like it starts kind of funny because it's somebody like 
just sticking their head out being like, yeah. And then they just get ripped out and chainsawed, but you're still kind of just like, okay, like it's just a chainsaw death. It's just chainsaw, just a normal chainsaw death. Like I said, maybe I am desensitized to this. Maybe I, I've just seen so many fun, creative ways for people to get murdered on screen that I'm craving something that's unfair to these movies. I'm craving the amplification of violence. And maybe that is unfair to movies to constantly expect them to one up the last random bullshit horror film I saw. Like, but bullshit horror films though, that's where, that's where it lives though. Bullshit horror films are where you come to see people die. Like I said, yeah. Say what you will about the movie Aqua Slash. It's got a murderous water slide, though. Fantastic. <laughs> Fan fucking tastic. Like, the movie's garbage. Don't get me wrong. But I think everybody in the world should watch it because there's a murderous water slide in this movie. And it's not that the water slide is itself murderous. It's that the killer uses a water slide to murder dozens of people. And say what you will about that's different. that. That's some new shit. I ain't seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> that's the- Damn. I mean, I do agree. I haven't seen too bad. I can't comment on Aqua Slash because I haven't seen it. But I do agree. There is a line. You know what I mean? I do think that what you said, you made a point there about there is a line that you have to draw and decide like what you want to lean towards, whether it's like, the drama characterizations and stuff or like the gory violence and stuff like that, because you're right. Both of those slashers kind of exist in the spirit of what a slasher is, I guess you could say. And so this one seemed like it leaned more into the character story stuff than it did the gore kill, kill, kill kind of stuff. They they sort of just tried to like, give that all to you at the end and you're right not not all of those were interesting as a result and i and i think you're right i think it's because they chose to lean towards it being a, a certain type of film that, well, or maybe or like you said the psycho they were going for the psycho but just did but but they were trying to have their psycho and then eat a slasher cake too i guess you could say they were trying like they wanted they were to, trying be to be cerebral be and story psycho. driven and then at the same time be like, oh, look, but we're like Chainsaw too. And they didn't quite get the chainsaw. They they wanted you to be the mean? love child of Psycho and Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem with bringing up Psycho in this movie. You don't achieve that. So don't set and yourself up for failure. maybe that's your problem is that the half and half wasn't good enough for you. Like it, it, it's got it. You would have preferred it lean one way or the other and not try to do both. Like or to me, know. lean harder into the murder side of it. Cause that's my problem okay. with it is to me, if you just had the second half of this movie exist as a slasher film, it doesn't work. Like it is too mild in some of those regards because slasher films to me can, can kind of come in two camps where you have, a billion people in the movie and they just exist to die or you have that yep. small group of people and it's the survivor slasher movie. It's the, you know, you, you've developed relationships with these characters. So you want them to, to outlive and outsmart the slasher. You want them 
you know what I mean? It's the, the tension to survive. And I think this movie wanted to be that, but it doesn't actually build tension in the second half of the movie with it. So you lose the tension. Therefore it doesn't work in that regard. So the only other type of slasher you can compare it to is the let's murder people slasher. And it doesn't line up there either. So it kind of loses the, the slasher identity whilst trying to be the slasher identity in the second half of the film. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying with that. Like, because it definitely was because it de- you couldn't call it a survivor because everybody just died too quickly. It was just one after the other after the other. It was like they waited all this time with development. And since you didn't have people dying or disappearing or something happening and there was a mystery to it all, you, maybe that could have helped it. I don't know. But they leaned so much into the development in the first half. And then they went, okay, now we're going to kill, 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 kill. And as a result, you know, some are effective, some are memorable and some not so much, you know, because well, in a survival survival slasher movie, you have to have them actually have the confrontation at one point and get away. You know, you have to have them yeah. physically confront the slasher at one point, not necessarily beat but the physical confrontation at one point, they don't have that in this, you know? And like, I know it's a weird regard, but like, to me, it's like the movie, the descent, whether or not you want to call it a slasher or whatever, it has a lot of slasher elements to it, even though it's more of a monster survival movie. It has slasher elements with the gore and all that stuff in the descent. It has those elements of that, but it's so full of tension. It's so full of, you, you get the character stuff, you get those story arcs, you get all that, and it uses the tension to drag it out. And the, it, once again, first half of that movie is vastly different than the second half of that movie. Those are two different movies when you split it up. Yeah. And it to me, does that something like that does a better job than this movie did with the, with the split because the descent knew its identity going into the second half. Yeah. This one didn't. That's fair. Yeah. And so like, that's why I'm at odds with it. For sure. You know? Like, I mean, I'm fine with it, but like, this movie was also rife for a cliche horror, like horror scene that I'm kind of sad we didn't get. The first death should have been two people fucking. That's horror 101 almost with this stuff too, especially if you're doing a That's callback. That's true. They didn't do that. If you're doing a callback movie, you go, hey, we's calling back and you don't do a fucking people murder death scene. Come on. Come on. If an, ever a movie That's was a made to have people die while fucking, is it not this movie? Very true. Yeah. yeah. That would have been kind of such a cool bridge scene. By going from now we're not talking about sex to now we're talking about murder. You know what I mean? You go from the sex filled porn part of it to the murder part of it by having two people fucking die at the same time. Or maybe what would have been kind of tight is if what if the antagonist got killed while having sex? That would have been kind of cool. What if they thought what if they left her for dead thought she was dead but she kind of, you know, that ambition, she's got the ex. So she, you know, she survives uh, uh, 
you know, maybe she moved to the left just a little bit and didn't get all the 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 gunshot pellets or whatever, and then they're in there trying to have sex, and then she just kills them that way. That would have been kind of tight. Jason, they chase her to the lake. They think another gator gets her, right? Because they see some turning, they right. see some blood. They think another gator gets her. They go and they're like, you know what? We're gonna fuck. And they start fucking. And and this is the way you have you combine some of these things. You have the old woman on top, they fucking. And then the old woman just gets stabbed in the back by a pitchfork. You turn around, it's the girl. And it's like, but, but she's like, like her arms all ripped up. Like Gator got her arm, but you know what I mean? Like she's fucked yeah, up. Oh, but she got out. She yeah. got out because she got that ex. Yeah. And then, then, like stabs her in the back with a pitchfork. That's how the old woman dies. Scares the fuck out of the old man. He dies of a heart attack. Yep. He has a, I was, I was like, he has a heart attack. I knew you were going with go. that. He, he dies of a heart attack. And she walks out of that son of a bitch. That would have been pretty tight. That would have been a good ending. Yeah. That would have been pretty hardcore. And then it would have been really like putting a great spin on what is an old, old formula of people getting killed while having sex. But you put you, you make the antagonist do in this. That would have been sick. Yeah. yeah. And then you get the survivor at the end. You get more of her being special, I guess, because of it, you know? Like, yeah. You also get the trope of people thinking someone died and didn't. Yep. That's another trope you don't get in this movie. I mean, yeah. you kind of do, but Jen Ortega characters, you know, is still dead. Like she does a little death gurgle. Kind of like, oh, she's not dead. But no, she's still dead. Like they, they don't do anything else to her and she still is lying there dead. So you didn't even get a fake death. And this would have solved both of those problems. <laughs> yeah. And also been a little bit surprising. Yeah. And then, yeah, see, I think that would have been a better ending. You could have gotten some culmination. She could have crawled to the truck. Oh, she could have crawled to the van and coked up and then went in coked there and up handled and then them. Pitchforked them. God, it's perfect. Oh, my God. Does a little oh, coke? my God. Why don't we make movies? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that idea. Does a little coke go stabs an old woman with a pitchfork? Yeah, she she you know she's freaking one arm or maybe she was shot, but it just didn't quite. They thought they killed her. She she fell in the water, but came out something. And then she's crawling, you know, just desperately crawling to the truck. And you're like, oh no, what is she? And you think she's gonna grab a weapon or something? And it's the cocaine. I and think that would have been kind of and tight. And as she does and the she, cocaine, she says that line that. You're a rock star, or whatever it was she said. Yeah, and then yeah. she goes and she takes care of business. <laughs> yeah, and she takes care of business while they're taking care of business. She does a little cocos. You're gonna be the fucking best, and then just goes and stabs them. And just yeah, yeah. God, that would have been tight. Okay, anyway, I digress. <laughs> no, I agree, Justin. That would have been cool. That would have been where it should have been. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, you guys got any more thoughts about this movie? Uh, no. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at uh, www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook, where we're Cinema Slayers podcast, or Twitter and Instagram, where we're Cinema underscore Slayers. Cinema underscore Slayers is how I should have said that. Um, TikTok, we're Cinema Slayers Pod. 
YouTube, uh, search for Cinema Slayers Podcast on that or find links in any of our Facebook posts or anything like that. Episode 200, we will be going full video. You'll be able to see all of our beautiful faces as we talk about these movies and also see me make what the fuck faces while I'm talking about how much I don't like a movie. So you'll get to see all of that and also my cats. See, if we had video that you could have seen this, you would have seen my cat get up on me and claw my shoulder. So that would have been fantastic. Uh, But that will be coming episode 200, which we might as well announce now since we kind of already talked about it. We are delaying our Moon Knight episode to be that episode. So definitely check that out Um, when it comes out. I'll put a date. I should have had a date ready. Uh, I'll remember that later at some point. We'll announce it on Facebook better. Um, Give us five star rating review. We really appreciate that. Uh, Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your family's friends, tell your friends, family. And most of all, um, tell your dear sweet mothers because there's nothing mothers love more than fucking and murdering. I think that's the weirdest one I've done. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, there's nothing to disprove me that all mothers love fucking and murdering. So I can't disprove it. I can't. That's all I'm saying is there's nothing to disprove that that correlation between the two. So tell them about this. And the movie, I guess, whatever, you know, just tell them fucking and murdering. They'll, they'll know what to do. Mothers will know what to do if you tell them that. And uh, most of all, just remember, uh, as I end our TikToks and this fabulous podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. That was pretty good. Wow. (laughs) Justin, but in case the funny thing is, is you're on video with us for now. No one else. I know. And I still like, how is that fucking you up? I don't know, dude, because I can see myself and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta learn how to, it's the pressure mounting. I know as time goes on, I'm going to have to have something. Justin, part. I have seen a grown ass man. I feel man, like I need to establish something now, you know. Justin, I've seen a grown ass man throw you into a garage door on national television. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow this is fucking you up. I know, man. Monday Night Raw cameras are rolling. No problem. This little four, like little 4K random webcam rolling fucks you up. Yep. Fear, dude. It's unspeakable fear. I need some of that X. See? Wouldn't that, <laughs> wait, that would just mean cocaine, though. So maybe not. Yeah, probably. Right. You, you, would <laughs> you would lose your straight edgeness. You would lose your straight edgeness if you did that, Justin. I mean... I think that would have been a good scene to show in this movie is that like the cameras go on and like have like Kid Cudi not be able to fuck for a little bit and go, never mind, I got this. I can fuck again. <laughs> um, in case anybody's wondering, Encanto did win best animated movie at the Oscars. Well, duh. Yeah. Yeah. It would be weird to be anything else. Yeah. It it better have. I don't know. Apparently that Mitchell versus Machines movie is good. I know, right? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard a lot about it. 
I just don't know if I'm ever going to watch it. <laughs> and it's nothing against the movie. It's just I don't even know where it is, and I'm kind of too lazy to look it up. So if you ever want, if anybody out there ever wants me to watch Mitchell versus the Machines, you have to tell me where the fuck it's streaming. Because I'm not going to look it up. I know we're going to talk about this soon, but Dune is winning a lot of technical awards. Dune just FYI. can fuck right off. And I'm sure that I think cinematography it got over the lovely Macbeth, which is dumb. Mm. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know about pretty that. Sure. I think it did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Macbeth was nominated for best cinematography, but no, it did not win. That's a tragic thing. Yeah. That's a surprise because, and it looked amazing. Yeah. All right, I'm out. Yeah. Latest. Oh, no, so many things to hit stop on now. <laughs>